Hello, my friends. This is Bishop Campbell welcoming you again to a short meditation on the theme of living the Catholic life. Have you noticed how often we listen to a parable from one of the Gospels that seems so familiar to us, but also seems rather tame? I think over the past 2,000 years in which the Church has been listening to those parables of our Lord Jesus Christ, many of them have lost their sting. I think of the parable of the Good Samaritan, which must have been a scandal to the hearers uh, when they first heard it from the lips of Jesus. But how we have tamed it, and in fact, we name hospitals after the Good Samaritan. But a few of the parables still retain their ability to make people uncomfortable. And the one that you heard on this past Sunday is one that, as I, as a a priest and a pastor, realized still caused a bit of a stirring among the congregation. It is the parable of the vineyard owner who goes out at various times during the day to hire workers for the vineyard. He goes out at the first hour, which was 6 a.m., and hires a group of workers for the normal wage, which was at that time one silver penny, the denarius. He went out at 9 o'clock and at 12, at 3, and then he went out at 5 in the afternoon, the 11th hour and hired uh, more workers that he just saw standing around. Well, when the day ended at the 12th hour at 6 p.m., the vineyard owner calls, of course, the laborers to him, and he begins with the last hired and pays him a, a denarius. And then as he goes back through those that worked longer, he pays them the same thing causing an uproar because many of the workers who had been there from the very beginning expected to get double or triple. But that doesn't happen. I remember on one occasion after a Mass where this parable was the Gospel, Prishner came up to me and said, you know, Father, they ought to have unionized. And I I said to the parishioner, I think you have missed the point of the the parable. But he was thinking in very contemporary terms. And I think that uh, in order to get into the heart of this parable, we have to remember that passage from Isaiah, which was the first reading for this past Sunday's Mass, in which Isaiah says, speaking for the Lord, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways. And I think the parable is a challenge for us to learn how to think as God thinks. As our Lord thought, as he gives us an example of that thinking with God, being part of God's plan, being also part of God's providence. Now, some scholars have pointed out that this parable in the Gospel of Matthew may very well have been included in Matthew's Gospel 
because there was some griping at uh, in the church, in the congregation in Antioch, where Matthew apparently completed his gospel, which was filled with veterans who were part of the church from the very beginning and newcomers. And there was some kind, uh, some undercurrent of resentment on the part of the veterans because the newcomers were being treated as well and uh, as, as openly as the veterans. And this became a kind of parable to remind everyone within the church, whether you are a veteran or a newcomer, you are all equal and the reward will be the same for everyone. Well, of course, that often changes uh, or calls us to change the way that we do look upon certain aspects of our life here and now. Thinking as God thinks. After all, didn't uh, God say that he reigns upon the just and the unjust? And it will only be at the end where the separation will take place? But let us begin with considering the way that God has acted, the way that he thinks. First of all, remember that like those workers who found themselves idle and at that time probably facing starvation along with their families, we too depend upon a gift. We too wait to hear a word that allows us to understand our destiny and to realize the forgiveness of sin and to realize as well that our natural death will not be the end of the story. We need to be free from our fears and who will do that, who will deliver us. So we begin to re- uh, by realizing that God has scattered his mercy and grace and life freely, almost in a prodigal fashion, as the, the first parable of Jesus he taught tells us about the sower and the seed. And the mercy and grace of God is scattered freely over the world and becomes effective in our lives when we ask for it and when it falls upon us to grasp it, embrace it to our hearts, and live it. And it is the same grace that will be offered to all. And I think, when I think of that parable, how distressing it must have been not to find work. And why didn't the ones early in the day rejoice that even those that were in the same condition they were, who were called late in the day, still were given the opportunity to eat and to sustain their families. Why wasn't there from this the first sense of gratitude rather than one of complaint? Secondly, I think we want to realize in God's great generosity to us, that it is given to us not to awaken resentment that others seem to have gotten more than we did, but to awaken joy. 
that the opportunity is here. We have been saved. Just as those workers were saved from uh, starvation, we are saved from sin and death. And it should awaken joy in us, and a joy that others have discovered it. Rather earlier or later, but they have found it, and we should rejoice and welcome them. There is also in the parable an extraordinary note of welcome, not only of the newcomers, but the sense of mission. Again, the gift is given to be open and to be shared. It also helps us to avoid one of the capital sins that can eat away at our hearts and minds, and that is the green-eyed monster, Envy. And our Lord addressed this problem of envy on a number of occasions. You may remember the the scene in which uh, some of the apostles asked Jesus, well, at the end of time when they discover the kingdom is established, uh, who will be sitting at your right and your left? Will we be there, those who have joined you first and those who have uh, labored in the heat of the day? And of course, our Lord quickly dismisses this. He said, you shouldn't be asking for favors like that. They are given only by my heavenly Father, and who knows who will be sitting there at the right hand of God. But you should rejoice in the fact that you are called to the life of God and you are called to a particular mission. And that evil of envy is something that we should be very clear about because what we envy is just a particular part of another person's life. We may envy something they have or something they've done. But in order to grasp or in order to achieve that which we envy, we must have, take over the whole of the consideration of that other person's life. And they may be dealing with issues that we don't even want to touch. And in fact, envy is often overcome simply by being satisfied with where you are and how God has granted you such wonderful gifts. We also remember that, as the parable tells us, and our Lord is very uh, clear about this, the last will be the first and the first will be the last. But all the faithful will enter. And I think it is important for us to understand that we become disciples of Jesus Christ not to declare a particular superiority or not to ask a greater grace than others, but simply to give thanks and to share with others and to be as generous, forgiving, merciful, and loving as God our Father has shown us. 